0: This can-do podcast is brought to you by Blake Albina Thoroughbred Services. Blake Albina is a full-service bloodstock agency and consignment company representing clients at every major horse sale in the country. For more information, call Ron Blake at 859-396-4836 or Hunsley Albina at 859-621-0800. Whether an experienced owner or a newcomer to the game, Blake Albina has the knowledge and experience to help you achieve your goals in the thoroughbred industry.
1: I got the horse right here. The name is Paul
0: Revere. And here's a guy that says if the web is clear, can do, can do. Here we are at the Can Do podcast and we count ourselves very fortunate to be joined today by Guinness McFadden of Blackwood Stables co-owner of the Kentucky Derby Winter Country House. Guinness, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, I do want to get into one thing right away. Your your late uncle was the breeder, I believe, and, and I know you guys had a special relationship there, and I believe he's how you kind of got started in the business after growing up on a farm in California. Is that correct?
1: Yes, sir. Jerry is the one who got me involved. He, he'd he been involved in horses since the late... Well, Growing up playing polo, he'd been involved with sources his whole life, and got involved in thoroughbreds uh, in the late '70s, and drug me into it in the early 2000s. He
0: he drug you into it. Were you kicking and screaming, or were you a willing?
1: Uh... <laughs> well, I always yeah. No, he didn't. He didn't drag me into it. I came. I was I was, I was living in Reno at the time, uh, working construction. The housing market had just crashed, and I you know 24 years old. You can always move back home, so I thought we'll give it a shot and see how it see how it is in Kentucky. I had been two years prior with Maury and Jerry to Lexington to visit, and liked it so I kind of had that in my back pocket and when the when the market crashed, um I just packed up and moved
0: so when you got started when you moved out to Kentucky Guinness how did you get started what what did you do?
1: So Maury and Jerry are friends with. Uh, Robert and Blythe Clay, who own three chimneys and they were kind enough to give me a job. And I was a groom at old Bradley division, uh, one of the three chimneys broodmare divisions. And I, you know, was just doing that, being a groom, taking care of mares and foals, yep. breeding shed runs, you know, yearling prep in the summer, normal stuff that goes on on the farm.
0: And and so you you obviously kind of worked your way through from groom to
1: you know. sure. So I was I was a groom for two years, and then after yearling prep season, the second year, I got moved to the Three Chimneys main division, and I was one of two assistants there um, for another year. I was like the assistant's assistant, right? <laughs> uh, for another year. Yep. And there was an open. I had kind of been helping out with sales a little bit with computer work and that kind of thing. And there was an opening. Braxton Lynch, who was the director of sales, um, moved on to start her own farm, Royal Oak. And then Elizabeth Boss, who was the sales assistant, oh sure, yep. moved up to the director position. And then I came to become her assistant. Uh, I did that for three years, I think. And then she also moved home to uh, work on the family farm and. I then took her position, and I was there for five years until 2014. And now I'm full-time over at Blackwood.
0: Okay. And, and you did you start Blackwood or join Blackwood, uh, Guinness?
1: So Matt and I started Blackwood in 2012. Okay. So Matt Hogan is my, my partner and co-founder.
0: Okay. So, Guinness, so I can only imagine as you're standing in the winner's circle at the Kentucky Derby, your thoughts had to go back to leaving Reno and the construction business, starting out as a groom and your your two years grooming, hot walking, et cetera, all that had to be running through your mind, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, it was a completely surreal experience. Uh, you know, you see that on TV, but never really expect it to happen to you. Um, and I think even people who play the game at an extremely high level probably feel that way. Um, it's just a one of those unattainable goals that, you need to accept that you're never going to make it to So um, it was, I get why people try so hard to win it now.
0: So it, now, now Country House was a homebred, correct? Uh, and then you formed a partnership with some others to, to co-own the horse, correct?
1: Sure. So yep. he, yeah, he was a homebred. Um, and then when my uncle passed, my Aunt Maury and I took ownership. And after he broke his maiden, you know, we were getting... Calls from, from everywhere, all kinds of good people were calling. And, you know, I felt like we had to do something, uh, I had to take a little bit of money off the table. I thought it, was, it would be a little bit careless not to. Mm-hmm. So we, we partnered with the Roth family, uh, Ellen J. Fox. Oh, sure, yep. Um, that relationship that was made possible by Alex uh, Salise and Jason Litt. They okay. introduced me to them, they're, their, you know, kind of longtime clients. And it's been great. We should own more horses together. This one went fairly really well so far. <laughs> well, it was
0: good that you didn't take it you know—take it all off the table, right, that you left some there for yourself. Um, I'm, I mean, that uh, that's thats pretty fantastic, actually. Um, you were able to keep that going. And, you know, uh, Hunsley Albino, who we both know, obviously, and kind of pulled us together. He and I, when I talked with Hunsley on the podcast um, last year, one of the things we talked about was the kind of, Underground, not really underground, but network, uh, that that of calls that goes out when a horse breaks his maiden in a his or her maiden in a special kind of fashion, and that sounds like that's what oh, yeah. what happened here in Country House's case as well.
1: Totally, Hunsley was one of the people that called. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got, I don't know how many it was, twelve, fourteen offers. I can't remember, but it was it was more than ten, oh, and wow. uh, they were all extremely generous offers. Um, but yeah, it's the first. Not, it's the first time I had ever had a classic contender, you know, break it's made. I had horses break their maiden after the Derby that would have really been beneficial if they'd done it prior. But um, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it's the horses, you know, before the Derby, they're kind of at their max value. Right, 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 right. It's all Unless it's all thinking.
0: upside, perceived upside, I guess, at that point. Right. Yeah. yeah. So how is Country House doing today? I know he's he's now. Kind of declared out of the Belmont Stakes, and I think the last I read, he is at uh, Rude and Riddle now, correct?
1: Correct. He's at Rude and Riddle right now. Um, I think he's going to go back to Churchill either today or tomorrow, uh, fingers crossed. You know, it, it was strictly done as a precaution. Um, we want to give our horses the best care possible, and we felt in this situation we would like to get him monitored a little bit more closely. So we sent him in. He's been in since Friday and yeah, he's doing great. Spirits are bright and I'd say he'll probably be back at Churchill hopefully tomorrow.
0: Oh, that's great to hear. Uh, that's great and, you to know, hear. The,
1: the Pregnancy is out. Um, I'm not sure about Belmont. My guess would be that that is out also, but I'd leave that up to leave that up to Bill and let him make that call. You know, I don't, I don't know what his energy level will be like, or any of that. So that's not for me to say.
0: Well, I, you know, I think those of us who have followed the game for any amount of time know that you know Bill Mott is a he's a careful trainer. He's not gonna put any horses in situations where he, he thinks that they don't belong, um, which makes it kind of interesting that you know leading up to the Derby, Country House probably ran had run as much as any other horse coming into the Derby. In fact, you know, uh, if I got to get this straight, uh, the Risen Star Louisiana Derby Arkansas Derby, which is a fairly unusual, I would say, uh, prep pattern um, these days, right, for horses going to the Derby, but but I assume that was part of the plan to get him ready for the Derby.
1: Yeah, so that was the plan the whole time um, after we ran well in the Risen Star. Uh, That's what Bill had laid out. He had, you know, had always said that this is a kind of a throwback type of horse, a big tough horse that can take some training and it's only going to get better when he runs. And also those prep races are not his optimum distance. So we never thought we were going to see his best foot forward going uh, a mile and an eight. We always thought that he was going to be a mile, a true mile and a quarter horse and that, you know, we just wanted to get in. And, okay. Okay. Interesting. You know, yeah. That, that yeah. was, that was the rationale, um, plain and simple. So, uh, but but that was the plan the whole time was to take that route. So um, nice work for nice work on Bill. That was yeah that was great.
0: So so knowing that you had had that plan all along, uh, and and knowing that you felt like he was not at his best distance anyway, you must have been feeling. I mean, confidence probably a, a tough word, but you know, it must be feeling. Fairly confident going into the race that at least, at the very least, I would say his odds were not reflective of his chances. Anyway, right?
1: I was, I was shocked at his odds. Um, uh, He could have been in the thirty-seven gate, and I would have been surprised at sixty-five to one. You know, after his breeze the Sunday before the race, I was very confident. After I watched that, I thought both of those two horses were just gonna run a hole in the wind and they did i mean if you go back and look at that breeze i mean those two looked really really good super professional and they were barely even i mean they worked shoot i think they they galloped out seven furlongs in like 128 or i can't remember what it was but they went fast and looked really good doing it and cooled out so quickly at the barn both of the horses were just they just looked spectacular, and I was not surprised when they both ran the way they did.
0: And, and both, you're talking about Tacitus and Country Tacitus, House.
1: Yeah. Tacitus and Country House, yeah. yes. Yeah, I mean, Tacitus is a legit horse. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. <laughs> he, he a tough guy. The two of them are going to be running against each other for, for a while, um, and it's so cool because they've been— Training mates. That wasn't, you know, it's kind of uncommon to see two derby horses breed together, but they that was not the first time they had breathed together. So that was okay, you know, pretty normal for for those two. They were workmates, I think, most of the fall last year, okay. late summer and early fall. So they, yeah, they had seen a lot of each other the last year. Well, you
0: know, you mentioned, uh, Guinness, that the post was not of concern to you. And, of course, every time the post positions are drawn now in the Derby, everyone laments the the one hole, and they talk about the disadvantage that the horses have on the far outside, which, to me, kind of ignores some recent history. You look at a horse like Big Brown, who obviously ran a huge race from the outside gate. And, you know, when you think about the Derby— One advantage of that outside post, I think, is that it's a long run into the first turn and it does give the horse the opportunity to stay out of some of the trouble that you see happen in the cavalry charges that go down there the first time, right?
1: Totally. I I didn't, you know, he, that was the first race he had ever actually broke well. So, you know, we were expecting to be behind everyone anyways. So I do not think it really mattered where we were. But man, when he broke so sharply and sat right in the middle of the pack, or even like the that was that was pretty good. Yeah. You were know, you <laughs> feeling good. Fast actions coming yeah. on the clock. Well, oh no, no! Yeah, we were. It was once we once I saw the forty six and change pop up, I thought we had a chance. Oh wow! So, wow, that had to yeah. be an incredible feeling,
0: just knowing that as you're watching the race live. That it's unbelievable. Wow! <laughs> I'm not really one to
1: yell at the TV or get emotional during races but i did i didn't have a voice for <laughs> one shoot i don't think i got my voice back until saturday or sunday this week so well i i, uh, I, I am a yeller life. and
0: a screamer myself i I applaud anyone that can can hold it during a race and i you know i only have uh, you know my two dollars or whatever on the line not my uh my uh, breeding operation and and ownership uh that's that's pretty funny um did you, you know, obviously the incident at the head of the stretch between maximum security and and war of will. Did you notice that live? Did you see that happening live, or were you focused on country house and only kind of saw that peripherally?
1: So as they were coming around the turn where we were sitting, you know, you're kind of looking at the track and you're looking up at the board and you're looking at the track and looking at the board. And I didn't, I didn't see what happened live during the race. In fact, I didn't even know what had happened until. I was on the track after the oh, race. Wow. So, yeah, I didn't I had no idea what was going on and it wasn't until afterwards that I saw the replay that I realized what was going on.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean during these I mean during I don't even
0: I mean, gosh,
1: I barely remember what happened that day, but yeah, the it was just kind of a blur. You know, I was just on the track and then you see the the board light up and
0: Oh, I, can't even, I mean, I can't even imagine what that was like waiting, you know, 22 minutes, too, while you're I, – but I, I guess I would say at a certain point, those of us who were involved in the game, you know, I think anytime we see a claim of foul, a, you know, inquiry, objection, any time five or six minutes goes by, let's say maybe even a shorter time, after a while you start to think – the only reason this has taken so long is they're making a change and they're trying to figure out where to place horses, right? I, did you have that thought during that 22 I, minutes or so? No. Uh-uh, you you didn't want all. to jinx yourself. I, did,
1: I, I was just so happy to be there and just so happy to have run second that it—I don't, I don't even know when it factored into my mind that, wait a second, we're in second place, and if they take him down, we we're gonna we're gonna win the derby <laughs> like <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> yeah it's it's i mean my voice cracks just thinking about it it's it was completely unexpected, and you know you you got a feel for the connections, the maximum security sure but man it just it's got it's it's heartbreaking, but that's that's the way it is, you know.
0: Well I think look you know you've been in this game a while too I think uh you know it's magnified on that stage but uh heartbreak happens in this sport too elation happens and heartbreak happens too it's you know heartbreak is far more far more common <laughs> <laughs> Now yeah were you were you in the Wests? Were you or, or the maximum security part? Were you standing near each other while all this was going on?
1: Uh, there were so many reporters on the track that I don't know who was around me. I was standing next to Slavian and his agent Derek, and I think at one point my wife came down. But there were so many people around that I I couldn't see where anybody was. I assumed that that's where the I, yeah I couldn't I couldn't really tell. Wow, wow, yeah. And then
0: all of a sudden it. You see the board light up, and you realize, or I guess you probably saw the numbers come down, right? They went blank, and then you realized, oh wow, this is this is
1: happening. I right? saw, I saw a reporter lean around the crowd who I knew, and he looked at Flavian and I, and he mouthed the words, "They're going to take him down," like five minutes before it happened, and that's when, oh, you my know, gosh. wow, yeah, wow. and yeah, and then when the board flipped, obviously it was. You know, time to celebrate. I guess. Sure. Yeah. And then it just kind of—it's just a blur from there, from that moment until right now. I have no idea what just happened. I was
0: going to say, how long did it take you to come down? It sounds like maybe you haven't
1: yet, right? No, no. I mean, when I got the blood horse this week, you know, you know, our horse is on the cover. Um, it's just <laughs> <laughs> that has not happened to me before. Um, but you know, you you talk about the twenty post. The last time I was involved with the horse in the twenty post, it was Big Brown. So okay, it was that—that that was not that much of a concern. Probably like to get the twenty again.
0: Yeah, a lot of speed and could get position. It was very tactical. Could get position. Sure, absolutely. So you must have uh, Guinness now. You're you know you're taking your place in the winner circle. And I know you mentioned uh, and you know your your aunt was there and and you obviously were were thinking about your uncle as well, right?
1: Yeah. I mean it was just kind of the cherry on top of his awesome breeding operation over the last 40 years. So yeah, it was it was pretty great. Just wish he was there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he was. I I'm, I'm sure he was. And you know, it's trite probably trite to say that, but uh I think uh I I'm I'm, I'm sure he was for for everybody. That had to be a just a the whole experience had to be completely surreal between, you know, the end of the race, the yeah. steward process, uh, just, I, I, yeah. I'm not surprised that there's things you can't remember because it, it has to be just a complete blur.
1: Yeah, it was, It, it yeah, complete, I mean, shock. I, I don't know how other people react when they win things like that, but, man, it was just, uh such an amazing experience Uh,
0: No, that's that's fantastic i I mean it sounds like the future you're feeling very confident about the future for country house and uh um and and what about for blackwood stables overall what what do you see happening from here
1: gosh we're gonna you know keep doing what we've been doing um just trying to keep putting out a really good product um try to improve the farm we want to you know, keep upping our, our rehab facilities, um, you know, just trying, just trying to improve a little bit every year. Um, just trying, trying to make the farm just a little bit better. And, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm, we're, we're happy with, we're happy with where we're at right now. Um, it's, it's been, it's been good. Your well, are this... calling me right now on the other line. <laughs>
0: well, then we'll we, won't, we won't take too much of your time, then, more of your time, then. I'll just say, ask you real quickly. Um, obviously, we know your, your life has changed quite a bit since the Derby, including being bothered by people like me. But I always like to ask this question of people who live in that area in central Kentucky. Wallace Station, is that the best sandwich spot in America?
1: Wallace Station, best sandwich spot in America. Hmm. Or do we consider in and out sandwiches?
0: Well, okay, all right. Well, the, the burger—we'll call that the burger exception, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, Wallace Station is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's just right around the corner. I—I I overdosed on Wallace Station a number of years ago. I think I went something like 193 days in a row. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they've—they're—they're. They're, what whats it? The Santa Anita Club is. Pretty good. Yes, so. it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I like, yeah, Wallace Station's a great spot. It's good for breakfast, too. They've got a breakfast burrito that's pretty tasty.
0: Oh, I've never hit it for breakfast. How about that? Well, that's going to be my next yeah. stop, I think. Uh, but I, I do like your In-N-Out reference as well because, uh, yeah, burger-wise, uh, there's there's no doubt. That's the, that's the best as far as I'm concerned, too.
1: Yeah, growing up in California, the closest In-N-Out to us was in Santa Rosa, so it wasn't exactly the closest, but man is in and out good and I pretty much know where all of them are on any trip I'm going to take. So it's very important to know these
0: things. There's not enough of them. That's what I say about in and out There's not enough of them,
1: but, uh, <laughs> no, no, they could put an in and out on pretty much every corner and they would still have 10 cars in the drive through at all times. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, listen, Guinness, I, I, I know you're busy and really, uh, you've got a lot going on. I, uh, I can't thank you enough for making time for us to do this. I enjoyed the conversation very much. Uh, Probably be down in Kentucky sometime in the fall. I'd love to uh, connect with you in person as well. But uh, sure. In the meantime, yeah. Good good luck with Country House. Congratulations. Uh, please pass along our congratulations to everyone associated with the horse too, and and continue good luck.
1: Thank you very much, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in the winter circle.
0: Sounds good. All right. Take All right. care, Guinness. Thank yeah. you.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. it's